I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hello. Hello. Happy Pride Month! It's Pride Month. Pride indeed. Ooh. I've got some pride. Yeah. June is <laughs> busting out all over, right? <laughs> all over the something and the something. <laughs> I, I got words. my uh, Harvey Milk bumper sticker and my uh, corporate sponsored rainbow badge, and I'm ready to go here. <laughs> That's more than I've got. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Well, the badge only costs ninety nine ninety nine because capitalism, <laughs> baby, right? <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> oh. But, you know, I do feel like, especially in the Trump era, I think it is important to sort of acknowledge this month and continue mm. to foster solidarity within the queer community while honoring our shared past and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes. And uh, with that in mind, I think we have some great queer guests lined up for this month that we're both really excited about. So that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, but for this first film, unfortunately, you're stuck with us, listeners. Sorry. Yes. It's just <laughs> us. I'm so just sorry. Us. Just us. <laughs> if you're not I don't even sick like... of us yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like being around me, so, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but we're still going to have a gay old time anyway, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a good time. Uh, that's right. And this is also the first film in our Body Snatchers series, so that's exciting. We're going to snatch your body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, listeners, you may be thinking, why did they pick this particular film for this month? Because body snatchers are always aliens, right? Mm-hmm, Au contraire. Au contraire, mm-hmm. my friends. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Really? Body snatchers can be people, too. I know. I know. Because representation matters. Hashtag, Hashtag body snatchers <laughs> are people, too. Uh, <laughs> in fact, the most insidious ones are, I would have to say. I, I would say so. Yes. Uh, we have a few of those coming up this mm-hmm. month. And it's going to be exciting. Um, and why did we pick Body Snatchers? Well, because we felt like it. But also, That's right. yeah, that's <laughs> these right. films... These films touch on a number of issues that I think are fairly relevant <clears throat> to the queer community in particular. Um, things like identity and conformity and peer pressure and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's relatively easy to view the outcasts in these films as sort of queer stand-ins or others. So that's fun. Very true. And uh, the antagonists could be interpreted as sort of the repressed straights who are coming to make us all conform to live the way they live. Oh, it's uh, so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So gross. And I say fuck them, right? Yeah, fuck them hard. I ain't got time for that. No. Uh-uh. Be- because, like, we may be aiming for the same legal rights that straight people have, but equity is not the same thing as equality. You know, what is, best for this, what is best for those straights is not always going to be best for us queer people. That's right. So, so um, keep your babies. I don't want them. I, I do not. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't yeah. want a damn baby. Right. I- <laughs> Never want them. I never want them. Nope. Because those with my dogs, those babies are gonna snatch your body. That's what they're mm-hmm. gonna do. <laughs> they're gonna grow up to become straights who steal your bodies. And yeah. yep. mm-hmm. they're gonna sell you out to some kind of a creepy church or cult or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. you just can't trust them. You just can't. Or they're gonna like find some magic amulet that makes you switch bodies, and uh, we don't want any of that. 
I don't oh, want it. <laughs> that's well. That, that's kind of cool, though. That might be. Fun. Yeah. That, might be... <laughs> that could be interesting. I have always wanted to be in Jamie Lee Curtis's body, right? <laughs> oh, that would be fun <laughs> to be able to scream that well. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Or Lindsay Lohan's. Lindsay. I know. I, it's either one. Well, it's, uh... <laughs> at that time, it would have been okay. But if it was now, I don't think I would want to switch. But <laughs> this is true. Be like, oh my god, my blood alcohol levels through oh, the roof. No. Oh no. Oh god, what? accent am i speaking in what's happening uh, <laughs> be crazy i haven't seen that one in a while but uh freaky friday yes yeah yes, yes. Was, uh, that was that was a very wonder. good remake very very good i i don't remember much about it i did just rewatch uh the hot chick recently and that was pretty funny. oh that's a good one uh, with uh rachel mcadams mm-hmm. as a sort of uh pre mean girls regina george type character so that was fun. yeah anna ferris a, a yeah. oh, master yes. mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So there's some good. queer stuff in there because she like mm-hmm. falls for her while she's in uh, uh, what's his face's body. I can't remember his name. The actual guy. Oh yeah, Rob. Oh, well. Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, SNL alum. <laughs> I don't remember where I was at. Okay, but yeah. What is what is best body for queer... <laughs> Oh, that's this whole month, right? Yes. Oh, we. You know. Yeah, like I said, we have unique needs uh, and a history of being kind of the weirdos. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't just erase those things, nor should we want to. No. Uh, I, I say, as long as you're not hurting anyone against their will, you know, let your freak flag freak flag fly, you know? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not always understand why some of these things happen, but, you know, no. again, you do you. It's, it's uh, not my job, you know? No, 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 no. Yeah. We're not going to harsh your vibe here, right? We will not. We're... Your vibe will not be harshed. <laughs> not not here at, at the homos on Haunted Hill. No, no, no. no. Leave no. that for your for your mom Karen's podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> As if she knows how to operate a computer. Ooh. Uh, ooh, burn. I know. I've got the harsh digs today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, L7, yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought it might be worth kind of setting the scene for uh, this time period again, like we did for Sorority Row, um, mm. because uh, disturbing behavior was released in 1998. Which ah, uh, 1998, what a magical mm. time! Oh, we were kind of kind of smack dab in the middle of that teen meta slasher era that Scream kicked off in 1996, and that lasted till eh, like 2000, 2001 ish. Although there were a couple later things than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the two main things that sort of killed that era were, like, the Columbine high school shooting in 1999, which led to, a, like, a ton of Hollywood censorship for a oh, while. Oh, yeah. Um, that did not help. It was really short-lived because, like, in 2003, then you get, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is really violent. So it's, you like, know, so strange. Com- come to think of it, I seem to recall that going on for a lot longer at the time than it actually yeah. did. Yeah. Because, like, like, I look back years, now. Really. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that was 99 and Texas Chainsaw was two, 2003, which sort of led to the whole, like, torture porn thing. And I stop, and I think that's not that long. But at the time, I was like, this was like a decade of no horror. Like, I, know. I don't know why. I, 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 The young mind is a strange thing, let me tell it you. It is. Time is very relative. And I think mm-hmm. when you're that young, even, like, half a school year feels like forever. Whereas oh, now, yeah. it's like... Five years passes, and I'm like, where the hell did five years I'm go? like, what you know? the hell? Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> Man. It's nuts. Yeah. 
part of what and we talked about this a little bit with our sorority row episode but like 9-11 i think really just threw everything sort of out the window Mm -hmm. um with like probably with that whole censorship censorship thing as well uh i think if that had not happened we probably would have gotten a little more tame stuff for a while but it's like once that happens everything just got tortury and Mm -hmm. all the extreme slashers that we talked about um so there was that uh but I think one of the most interesting things about this kind of Scream era, to me anyway, was that it was essentially being driven by gay men at the helm, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, actually, come come to think of it, yeah. Um, you know, mostly Kevin Williamson, of course, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, who – I'm sure everyone who's listening knows this, but, you know, he wrote Scream, Scream 2, I know we did last summer, The Faculty, uh, large parts of Halloween, H2O. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, – Actually, uh, Shockwaves just uh, released this pretty interesting interview with him, folks, if you get a chance to go listen to it, because he kind of talks about his whole career and uh, how overworked he was in the 90s and essentially being held (laughs) at gunpoint and being said, go sit in this room or by Bob Weinstein. And Bob would be like, I I will ruin your career if you don't go sit in this room and finish this. So it was a little insane. Uh, he was constantly working during this like five year period, which you know, good for him, but also like I can't imagine the kind of stress he was you know being put through. God, yeah. And again, as an openly gay man in Hollywood, that was not nothing in the nineties. Uh, mm-hmm. so that was really cool. And then you had uh, Silvio Horta, who sadly just passed away earlier this Rest year. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, who was the writer of Urban Legend. Um, and then I would also add Don Mancini to that list because mm-hmm. he had been writing Child's Play, you know, since the late 80s but Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky I think were very heavily indebted to the Scream era as well um, because they kind of get into the meta stuff so really it was in a lot of ways being driven by gay men and I don't know if we've really had a period like that since then Um, you know I can think of like James Whale earlier on but it's a it's a kind of a interesting period there Um, oh my god this is why we're gay yeah yeah, I think so we grew up with this (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We, we were, were brainwashed just like right? the kids in Cradle Bay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a conspiracy, man. The gay agenda. Ooh. It's a left-wing conspiracy to make our kids gay. <laughs> oh, oh, get your get your red string out and we'll we'll, we'll track all the <laughs> murder board. Murder board. Oh. It's like Pizzagate all over again. Oh no. <laughs> Did you ever watch that uh, um, trial and error show on uh, NBC? I think it was. Oh wait, okay. I think I remember the name. I okay. Um, was that John Lithgow? Yes. Was he in yes. that? Okay. I think I saw like a little clip. Yeah, that's about it, it, it. Was it was it was pretty good. And anytime they would sort of have a conspiracy theory thing, they go to this like board and they just be like murder board, murder board, <laughs> and then they get it all like the red string and like track all the things and. Uh, <laughs> It was a, it's a really fun show. In the second season, they bring in uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, oh, who so I love. That, I love her. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't, right? It's, I know. It's amazing. She's, she's delightful. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of cool that we're starting with disturbing behavior because we are kind of now in this 90s, very gay period, which makes sense for Pride Month and everything else. It's like we planned it, right? As we totally planned it. <laughs> we we're, totally planned this out. We're so we're, forward thinking in this quarantine era. We're really good people. <laughs> planners man man even like outside of this era i i don't plan this much in advance but like no. in this era it's like this is like honestly folks this film wasn't even on our original list it, <laughs> it wasn't was like it wasn't 
<laughs> but then we were like, you know what? I haven't seen that in a while, so why don't yeah. we talk about it? <laughs> it was like, let's dust off this old chestnut and just kind of see yeah. what, what's up with it. Because it has yeah. been a while. It has been a long time. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in our generation especially are feeling really sort of nostalgic for this period right now. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would be good to kind of go back and uh, talk through it. Um, older, younger generations, sorry. I, I think you'll still enjoy this yeah. movie, so it's I fine. I think but... so. I, <laughs> yeah. I like to think so because it actually is pretty good. It's yeah, not bad. Yeah. yeah, I I think it has a lot more going for it that really gives it credit, and we will get into all mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, uh, oh, let's see. What did I talk about here? Um Rob yeah, Schneider. Uh, I don't. Rob, oh, Rob Schneider. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in, in, the important topic for today is Rob Schneider. Actually, we're going to be covering the filmography of Rob Schneider today on Hollywood Squares. We have Rob Schneider in the middle square. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Schneider cast right coming soon to. Oh God. Oh gosh. That Although we very, did, very listeners discuss doing a Hell Knight cast because I feel like we could talk about that movie like forever, right? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. It's just it's... like what happened before Hell Knight, what probably happened after Hell Hell Knight. Mm-hmm. There's just mm-hmm. there's uh, like a whole Hell Knight universe. You yes, know? yes. It's like the Marvel, you know, yeah. thing. It can just <laughs> spin off with like mm-hmm. little tiny Garths just randomly right. popping up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Linda Blair, like, still fighting Pazuzu, like, yeah. outside of college. And she oh puts God. her glasses back on because, as we decided, she is a girl she with needs glasses. The glasses. She needs yes. them. And mm-hmm. I would like for her to have another tap dance, like in Ooh, yes. Exorcist 2. That would be Ooh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> my <too>. direction for <laughs> the Exorcist franchise in case anyone's <laughs> wanting to pitch it to Warner Brothers anytime soon. Just, I uh, mean,. Uh, that franchise is like anyone's game at this point, right? Like, w- w- what's the last like real entry we had in that? I, I don't even. Oh God, that was. I feel like there's like a million prequels, even though there's probably just like one. But the beginning was that the one, the the last I, one that was like reshot so. like twelve times or something. Yeah, yeah, that was not very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then franchise... I watched the original cut, and I was like, "That's not very good either." It's like, "Wow, this just wasn't so, so, oh, so, no. supposed to be made." I mean, this, oh this... no, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, listeners, that franchise is anyone's game. So if you have an yeah. idea, you know, <laughs> send it in. It can't be worse than most of the ones they actually greenlit. So I mean, this no, is, that's the good part. Although the yeah. TV show was not that bad; it was actually quite good. I didn't watch it. I'm going to have to check that out. It's it, very good. I was very surprised. And there's like mm-hmm. a twist. There's a crazy oh. twist that's I so good. And it made me gasp. It was oh. so exciting. I was oh, like, oh, I love a goodness. twist. I love it was twist. great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that franchise as, as as a whole. I like part three a lot. That's actually kind of I do creepy. too. It's it's a it's a talkie. Like the, not a lot it's of action, talkie, but uh, yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's when you get to the good stuff. And um, oh, it's scary when you when you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, any of the scenes like in the hospital are really great. The mental hospital. Oh, and, so creepy. Um, yeah, it's uh, it. it it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, wh- where does uh, back to disturbing behavior? I guess because. Uh, <laughs> Purportedly, that's what we're talking about today. I guess. Uh, really, I don't know. <laughs> if we feel like it, I don't know. Uh, it's it's, um, you know, where does disturbing behavior fall in this '90s period? You know, because it's yeah. it's it's kind of an interesting one in the sense that, uh, um, you know, a I couldn't find online whether the writer Scott Rosenberg was straight or queer, which whatever. But uh, the movie definitely has sort of a 
like some meta self re- self reflexive elements, mm-hmm. but then also it, it has a ton of X Files vibes, and Definitely. I think. And a big part of that is because the director, the writer, and a lot of the production team worked on the X-Files. So there's oh, that. And do not forget the composer as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. Which actually, the music does have a kind of an X-Files-y theme sound. It, in it does. Anyway. Like, there's that, not a lot going on. But every once yeah, every once in a while, you get like a boom, 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 boom. It's kind of a cool little score. It's kind of neat. It's interesting. It's interesting. And, uh... Yeah, I listened to the um, uh, at least some of the commentary track, and then I got bored because it was one of those commentary tracks where it was just kind of like, "I worked with this person on X Files, and this is why I put them in this film, and oh, this is the, how I I got this shot." And I'm like, "I the I get worst bored. ones though are are like this scene. Uh, as you can see, she's putting the plate in the yes. microwave, and uh, she's going to heat heat that up for a bit, and uh, yeah." yeah. And now she's eating her pizza rolls. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. we can see it. Like, shut up, dude. I'm yes, like, this yes. is telling me nothing. Like, what? What yeah. is this? That's I'm kind like, of what this bother? one was. As yeah, well. I so hate those. About like half an hour in, I was like, I, I just can't. Uh, those are and, so stupid. So there wasn't a whole lot of like insights in there, other than again, the entire like crew was apparently from X Files, and the the shooting style. Of this we'll talk about this more, but it has a very kind of made-for-TV-esque vibe to it. Like, a really, really good made-for-TV yeah, uh, vibe, yeah. but it, it doesn't have that, like, slick, um, processed feel that a lot of the slashers, like, studio feel that a yeah. lot of the slashers from this period had. And I think I think that was what used to turn me off to some degree about this movie, that I was like, why doesn't this feel like some of these other films from this era? Mm-hmm. And um, now I, I actually kind of like it because it gives it kind of a, a gritty feel to it. But, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's different, you know? It's... I think, again, this film is very much indebted to both the early 90s and, like, with the X-Files, which X-Files predated Scream by, like, four years, and Mm -hmm. then the Scream era with some of the meta-ness in here. Um, And even the back of the Blu-ray says, part X-Files chiller and part Scream thriller, so... Oh, God, that's a cringer. Yeah, so clearly that was kind of a vibe they were going for, I would assume. Like, I assume this maybe was a project that would not have gotten off the ground if it hadn't been for Scream. And then they were like, oh, let's bring this up and, like, put a couple meta things in it. And, yeah. But did anyone ever call it hip and sexy? Because every movie (laughs) from that time was always hip and sexy, Sexy. nonstop scary. I'm like, what? This isn't... No, it's not... uh, And the 90s, if we're going to be completely frank, was a very sexless generation. I mean... You had the girls in, like, the tight tank tops, you know, and stuff like that, but they never showed actual skin. Yeah. Um, except in this in this film, there is a breast, a nude breast, which surprised me. True. I had forgotten about it, mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. like, this has got to be the one 90s horror film that actually has nudity. I was yeah. very yeah. surprised. I don't know why, but... I was like, wow, that's something you didn't really see back then a lot, you know? Yeah, I think that that's one of, like, the, the main sort of, uh, like, the uh, issues that detractors have with this period. That, Like you said, it's like, it, it loses some of that, like, gritty, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the word? Um, yeah, but it just kind of, like, gritty feel to it all. Uh, yeah, ex- like... Ex- exploita- the... ex- exploitative, like, feel. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the it's... kind of sleazier, like, like, you know, if you compare Scream 2 to, say, 
Friday the 13th part 2 it's mm-hmm. a much classier film i i yes. would i would yes. say you know it's it's there's no nudity it's kind of kind of chaste you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um there's some gore uh, actually actually i think yeah. scream 2 probably has more gore than friday the 13th part 2 but um <laughs> that's true but yeah. there's like a certain class and yeah. a sort of a sophistication that you didn't really see with those um 80s slasher films right it's like we were kind of coming off the early 90s like the prestige psychological thrillers yeah and then but we wanted to have some slashers again so we kind of Mm -hmm. combine those a little bit to the degree where like everything is very like we still have the high high um highly paid actors in these films exactly that was a big 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 thing you yeah, know, you had yeah. the um, uh, WB stars, which mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if there if there's any kids that are listening to this, first of all, go to bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that used to be what the CW is now. Yeah, way back yeah. when. I know, um, many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Freeform was the Fox Family Channel. <gasps> oh uh, my we're gosh. really we're getting crazy here. Right, showing um, our age. Yeah. <laughs> And you can walk in the snow and get a Coca-Cola for 10 cents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they would get all these kids that were on these big shows, and it was kind of like a prestige thing. It was yeah. kind of a it, – it it was a movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back when Dawson had a creek and um, – Oh, Dawson's Creek. Uh, Buffy was fighting vampires, and it was – there's there was – it was it was a time to be alive, and uh, it was it was. Um, uh, uh, man, I feel so all, all over the place today mentally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're old, apparently. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can edit some of this out if you want, or don't, because who cares? But <laughs> we're getting the um, dementia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to just to show that uh, we are like all of you, right? We're relatable during this period. Uh, it's hard to focus, and. Um, even on my best day, I'm a little scatterbrained, but, like, during this period, man, like, like this week, like, getting into what we've watched this week, literally, all I've really had the energy for is, like, 90s comedies and, like, an occasional horror movie. I just, there hasn't yeah. been a whole lot that I've been able to just, like, sit there and watch. Like, I, yesterday, I was like, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to watch this great, like, 50s film that's, like, a, a classic of the cinema, and then five minutes later, I'm watching Hamlet 2. So. See, yeah, it's just, <laughs> you got to find your bliss. Yeah, in this yeah. time, you know, you got hashtag finer bliss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but have you watched anything horror genre or whatever this week that you want to talk about? I got on Amazon Prime and I watched a movie called The Secret of Dorian Gray, Ooh. which, as you can imagine, is a retelling of the por- the uh, the Portrait. picture of oh yeah d- of. Of Dorian Gray, right, and right. it's kind of like a '70s sort of sexploitation version, but it's actually pretty faithful to the story. Um, it's not poorly made. It's 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 not bad. I don't know if I would ever want to watch it again, but it's it's okay. And then um, I watched one called Crucible of Horror, Ooh. and that is a British sort of a remake of Diabolique of sorts and it's kind of mm-hmm. like this uh this abusive dad is killed by his daughter and his wife but he doesn't stay dead and like they can't find the corpse and stuff and they're like what happened and it's it was uh, it was all right okay. some 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 good parts but i it just didn't really 
didn't grip me. So it's been kind of a meh week, you know, for sure. the horror films. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you tried. You tried something new. Um, I tried. You know, uh, you didn't just watch the same five horror films all over. Like, I which, didn't, but I felt no, like I should no, have. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's the thing. Like, no judgment for people that, like, you know. Because um, here we are talking about disturbing behavior because we wanted to, you know. So no judgment. Yeah. And uh, It's like um, I do have some days when I'm like, I could watch something new or I could watch Chopping Mall again. It's like, <laughs> hmm, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Choices, choices. One that I know is going to delight me this and one true. that might be like the worst movie I've ever seen because you never know, <laughs> you know. So it's like it's like the risk involved, you know, I have to kind of yeah. weigh that out a lot. Right, um, exactly. Same, same. I, I did watch, let's say I watched a couple things. Uh, uh, one was called The Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee. I've been wanting to see that. Uh, yeah, this was a Stacy Ponder recommendation, so I knew it was going to oh. at least be intriguing of to some degree. And mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's it's I, I liked it. It's kind of a slow burn psychological supernatural thriller thing. You got this youngish dude who travels to his childhood home where he learns that his mother after he learns that his mother has died. Um, also, his mother uh, was part of some mysterious cult of angel worshippers or something. I don't know. Mm. But like throughout the film, we hear her voice. And it's the voice of Vanessa Redgrave, so you know that's going to be great. Ooh, I love uh, Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, yeah. And uh, ostensibly, she's kind of reading her will and testament over the entire film, so that's kind of interesting. Um, it's really well shot uh, by Rod- Rodrigo Goninho, who is the founder of Rumor Rumor Magazine. Oh, cool. Which, uh, I know we have a few friends over there, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pacing is very deliberate. Um, uh, I'm just going to tell you right now that the ending... Hits you like a bag of bricks. <laughs> it is oh. one of the most like soul crushing, depressing endings I've seen in a horror <laughs> film in in recent years. Anyway, so with that said, do I recommend it during this crazy, depressing isolation area? <laughs> Absolutely no. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm yeah, sold. <laughs> and it, it just depends on like what kind of person you are. You know, it's like yeah. some people find comfort in sad things while they're depressed. I mean, yeah. the entire e- emo music genre exists for that reason. Exactly. Um, so if you are one of those people, you might find some sort of comfort in this for me it kind of just made me really sad and i didn't really need that uh but i otherwise i would otherwise recommend the film it was it was it was interesting very slow burn like i said um and then the other thing i watched was the wretched which just came out this year oh i still and i need to see that too it uh it's fine um no. i don't have much to say about it <laughs> okay well maybe <laughs> don't it's uh it's it's a bit familiar and predictable uh like I know you can be overwhelmed, you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> I've I've been whelmed, yeah. I've I've been whelmed. I've, I've uh, been very very whelmed many yeah, times. Yeah. It has some good kind of coming of age themes and rear window stuff and witchcraft and folk horror and there's a great like lakefront location. So like it has so many elements that I'm really into, but they don't quite come together for me and tonally it's a bit kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's kind of more of a one of those kind of dark fantasy thrillers than it is a true horror film, which okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of bored with those. It's that very Stranger mm. Things esque vibe where it's like mm. very like overly okay. sentimental, and I'm just well, like, well, now I'm out. I don't know. I yeah, didn't really, I didn't really care for that show very much. I I didn't either. Like I I was really big on it, like when it first aired, and then I went back and rewatched it before the second season came out, and I'm like, I'm not really feeling this now. And mm. I don't know. I could write a whole like treatise about how the success of that show sort of predicted the like 80s nostalgia era that we've kind of been in and it did yeah and and not Which, just like i mean there's some good parts of that but i 
does everything have to take place in the 80s? Right, right. And it's like, especially like, okay, if if you're going to make a film where you have a budget of maybe like 25 bucks, mm-hmm. maybe it's wise to not do a period piece. Just going to say it, where you have to True. basically change every location, every car, every piece of clothing to fit a long gone by era like that's right, not right. really a good use of your money yeah um and most of the of the time like there's stories that don't have to take place in the 80s it's like why is this right. taking place in the 80s it's yeah and very rarely are they trying to like actually mimic the style from the 80s you know it's more just no, kind of no. like let's put this like fantasy land version of the 80s on screen yeah. And I'm just really kind of over that. Like, we talked about the American Horror Story season, but it was very much that. It was like, we're not trying to make an 80s slasher. We're just trying to, like, put this really heightened uh, spirit Halloween kind of vibe to this. And uh, it's like, if you're going to make these films that are set in the 80s, like, why don't you try to kind of make them like that style? You know, like uh, House of the Devil. You know, that was one that tried to do. That one got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they got it right. And it wasn't just, oh, well, we're going to, like, feather your hair and that's it. Like, it was like they they did do that, but it was also the way it was shot, the way the shots were composed, the music, right. the cutting. Right. Everything felt like it was actually from that time. And yeah. that's why that works. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest are just like, let's put a crazy wig on and like some leopard print. And now we're in the eighties. It's fabulous. Right, it's right. like, oh my God, it's not everyone how it is works. Just, everyone is too pretty and clean. Yes. Like the eighties yes. were not a clean decade, you know, it's, they really weren't. Uh, I don't know. Kinda they were grimy. very heightened, but not mm-hmm. like in that way. So it's yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so the wretched it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, I would, I, some people might enjoy it more than I did. I've heard people raving about it, but I also think there's not a lot of horror coming out right now. So it's one of those yeah. things like, oh, this is a decent horror movie, so it must be like the best yeah. thing ever. And it's like, no, guys, <laughs> just like put it in context. You know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, there's some good body horror in it. So that's, I'm always, oh, okay. that, so that's interesting. Um, I like that stuff. Uh, should we go into our disturbing behavior discussion? Yes, yes. Cool. Okay, cool. so this movie, uh, yeah. What's it about? here's like a little plot synopsis. Um, Steve and his family move from Chicago to Cradle Bay after his brother's suicide, and he soon becomes acquainted with the Blue Ribbons, which are a bunch of, like, Jared Kushner lookalikes who seem to be the cream of the crop at his new school, and he finds out the reason they're so perfect is because they've been brainwashed by an evil doctor who wants to make the kids of Cradle Bay perfect. And could Steve be the next one on their list? Oh. Just like my high school. I know. It's scary. It's giving me flashbacks. (laughs) You know, in the the commentary, the director was like, well, I wanted to make this as realistic as possible and about teens and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, he definitely captured my high school experience with this whole brainwashing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, except my brainwashing was just called Thursday Mass. Yay, Catholic school. Oh, fun. Fun times. (laughs) Was it all boys? It was not. It was okay. not. It, it it was co-ed. Um, but, yeah. It, it, you know, I'm really I, into, I like, really, uh, did you have like uniforms? It. Yeah, oh, yeah. See, I'm actually really into that in, like, horror films anyway. I love horror films that are set in, like, that Catholic school setting. But I kind of like it, it, it too, it, yeah. It, yeah. It's just, I, a lot of people are, are, are like, oh, my God, high school was so great. I would so go back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. why? It was just, it was so boring. I don't yeah. get it. 
yeah i wasn't a big high school person either it's so uh, dull oh well yeah what else what happens oh well that's i mean that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go perfect. perfect will steve be able yeah. to stop the evil dr caldecott i don't know it's, <laughs> it's true yeah there, yeah there really is not uh, it's a pretty simple plot and uh, it, it, it really is mm-hmm. and we talked about like there's a lot of x-files vibes in this but there's also mm-hmm. a lot of body snatchers and in particular a lot of stepperd wives in this for sure. definitely 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 yeah mm-hmm. and um yeah, so uh, getting into our S-C-A-R-E scare thing here. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, before this, but I think our notes are a little more consolidated for this one. Uh, so yeah. we might not get as much into these specific sections. That's just one of these films that it seemed like it was easier just to kind of jot down notes as we go. So, mm-hmm. um, And I have quite a few notes, so it'll be fun to talk about here. But um, Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I, I like the overcast, like Washington coastal setting a lot in this. Um, it's got a nice kind of a mood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a mood with a capital M. Um, mm-hmm. There's not too many, like, great coastal seaside kind of horror films. You know, I thought of, like, The Fog um, and yeah. um, I Know We Did Last Summer, Messiah of Evil. Uh, there's a couple other. Humongous is a fun one that people don't talk about too much. I like oh, the island setting on that one. Look, I, I've tried that movie so many times. I yeah. cannot get into it. It's really I slow. I feel like a bad person because everyone's like, oh, it's like one of the best slasher movies. I'm like... Why? <laughs> I can't get it into it. It is very, very slow, and it, there's kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe, but, like, set on an island, but, like, I, I not as good, of course. But, uh, yeah, I I agree with that. I, I've, I've watched it. i try but again. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it's fine. But uh, yeah. it, there's some very, like, Twin Peaks visual aesthetic things in this movie, too, with, like, the Washington Mountains in the distance. Yeah, and, actually, um, yeah, that does have kind of a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, it, and I bet that was part partly intentional again because Twin Peaks was also very big in the '90s, so they're kind of mm-hmm. going for that X Files Twin Peaksy vibe there. Um, it also features one of my all-time favorite tropes in horror. You got the town with a secret. Ooh. Mm, my favorite. Mm-hmm. And that's where you got like a, a small, tight-knit community which is harboring some sort of dark secret or history. And, you know, films that do this are like The Wicker Man and Dead and Buried and The Fog. Even like something like Nightmare on Elm Street, which, you know, with the parents of Springwood where they're Definitely. keeping Freddy Krueger a secret from the kids. So there's a ton of horror films that do this. And I love it. It's so good. It's it's one of my favorite tropes ever. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah, it's really good. The opening scene is kind of absurd. Um <laughs> Although it has that great line with a self-mutilate this fluid boy. Just, I, that, was, that was my first note was great. that line. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just so weird because, okay, so it's one of the the blue ribbons and he is, his name's Andy, I think. And uh, he is making out in the car with Mayor Joe. And uh, and she is apparently a self-mutilator because she has like a tattoo, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he thinks that um, that only bad uh, girls have tattoos, and uh, and because of this, he goes insane and snaps her neck. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 not just a normal snapped neck; like it's almost like he took her head off of her body. It's like a yeah. violent neck snap. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, holy yeah. shit! And um, this is all being watched by Gavin who is like this sort of emo dude and he seems sort of not very surprised by this. I felt like his reaction is not what one would expect. 
Yeah, you know, not to get too Sherlock Holmesy here, but like, why did the police and Gavin show up right at the exact same time that this happens? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and- I, that was really weird. And then. Andy takes out a gun and shoots one of the cops, and the other cop is just like, it's okay, dude. Uh, we're just going to clean this up. Why don't you go on home? It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, what? So something's up. You know, it, uh, it was... I, I kind of like the parallels with that, of it being like that, oh, well, boys will be boys, you know? It, yes, it was yes. The, the sort of straight jock being able to get away mm-hmm. with anything, um, even yeah. like theft or rape or murder. It's just like, oh, he's just... He's just growing. He's a growing boy, and he's going through something, but he'll be fine, you know. Whereas, like yeah. a queer person slash you know person of color, like you know, they do something like this, they're going to be you know killed, you know. And right. It's just, yeah. So it, it was a uh, kind of interesting, uh, albeit not a subtle, <laughs> like nod to no. that, but like it was interesting, and I thought it was fascinating that this film doesn't, like you said, that that death is so sudden. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. have that normal '90s opening scene where there's like a slow burn kind of stalk and no, kill sequence no. like with scream and urban legend and the faculty right. it, it it's just very like oh he snapped her neck there and moving it's on harsh. yeah so, it's it's very harsh mm-hmm. so look at this film bucking trends and i know disturbing yeah. behavior look mm-hmm. at you mm-hmm. and i think um i mentioned this before we started recording but like i think that is partly why i was not as big on this film in the past like it, it does buck a lot of the trends from this it era. does. And now I kind of like that because I think it makes it a little bit interesting and different mm-hmm. from something like Urban Legend and the Faculty and Scream, which, like, I love these movies, but it's kind of fun to have something that has a little bit of that feel, but then also something different. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's cool. Um, yeah, there, there, there's not as much of the kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek style of that time in this. I mean, there's some of it, but no. it the way they do it in this actually is kind of annoys me a little bit like it doesn't really feel like it's coming from an organic place it feels like someone who didn't really know how kids talked was trying to write for kids and it just come like uh, i'm I'm just gonna say this gavin fucking annoys me he just (gasps) annoys me okay yeah he 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 does he he needs to take a shower and it's like he talks in like it seems like he talks in like poems and like it's it's really weird like right. he never makes any sense. It's very yeah. Shake, I get like kind of Shakespearean vibes in there. Like, but yeah, obviously not like, as well done. It, it, like, like he has a lot of these doing? like commentary aside things. Like with the fire of my loins, purveyor of my every masturbatory yeah, fantasy. Like, and I don't. I, it's like shut up, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know what yeah. he's talking about half the time. I think that, yeah. I think they included him to be like kind of a Randy esque character, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's not really quite the same. You know, he's not like well in this movie this happened, this movie this happened. He's no. more kind of just like this Shakespearean type character who occasionally gives you like some like asides and like a Rosencrantz Guildenstern kind of kind of thing. And uh, yeah. with him and UV especially, they're kind of like these just characters Aww. that sit on the side and like comment on things. And... But see, I love UV, and I don't know why because he <laughs> does not make any sense for the entire no. film. Nope, like he nope. like everything that comes out of his crazy mouth is just like nonsense. It's yeah, like yeah. the cat ate the canary and the cushion is a blig blig. I'm like, what are you? What? It's like, yeah. does anyone know what he's talking about? Yeah, that's true. And um, I actually kind of like Gavin. Um, so that's okay that we have different <laughs> thoughts on that. But uh, I think I think the thing I kind of liked about Gavin was that it did have kind of that Shakespeare vibe, which I think was sort of in tune with what was going on with like the nineties teen movies of this era where you yeah, had like yeah. Clueless was an adaption of 
Emma and Ten Things I Hate About You was an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew, oh, okay, and she's all that okay, was Pygmalion, yeah. blah blah blah. So I, that I, I, I kind that. of like that, uh, but um, but but yeah, uh, we can talk more about him in a sec. But uh, what else do I got here? Uh, I was also super intrigued by that early scene of. First of all, Catherine Isabel is in this, which is amazing. I, just, I love her. Yeah, okay, so that is my second note is, oh, yeah. my God, Catherine Isabel. <laughs> she gets nothing to do in this movie, but she's here. <laughs> no. Oh, I love her so much. Yeah. And in that opening scene, like, where you first see her at her home, home, she's, like, at the dinner table, and there's some sort of, like, alien autopsy operation game. Yeah. And it's what's, it's what's kind it of a red herring because they make, again, make you think it's going to be, like, some kind of alien pod people thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We haven't really told you yet, folks. Yeah. But hopefully you watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because we're going to spoil it in a sec. So, oh, yeah. Yes. And also, okay, Ethan Embry. Uh, I have questions. Did they just use stock footage uh, that was laying around the studio for his scenes? Because it kind of seems yeah. like a, the and, brother uh, character. Why does he look nothing like anyone in the family? Like he yeah. looks yeah. like he's from a completely different time, different so place. So true. Different film. Um, I'm like, were these outtakes from like the set of Vegas Vacation? I don't know. Like, yeah. what, like yeah. what is – and once again, everything that comes out of his – mouth makes no sense like no. what's that that weird line that's that's like um like why are you concerned about snakes in the garden when you got spiders in your bed like, yeah wh- what like what is this yeah i i don't i like you said was it like leftover from vegas vacation or like can't hardly wait or it's yeah, just there's just not much going on like clearly he came in for like a day like and yeah. maybe that's pushing it maybe like a lunch break i don't right. know because like he's not in the m- movie for more than probably six seconds i i would assume it's right really weird yeah why hit why this actor in particular like i don't think yeah he, he wasn't like a big star name so i don't understand why they thought yeah. that was going to be the thing that got him you know this was pre Very odd can't hardly wait which was kind of his like exactly big thing so i i well strange. no he was an empire records that that's was 90, true. 95 that's true. or 96 right so i guess he yeah. was kind of known from that yeah that but that, that was kind of a sleeper hit wasn't it like yeah, it didn't really take off for a while it's but. still kind of weird casting i don't really yeah. get it because hmm. hmm. like we do learn that he's the brother of the lead which is steve and hmm. he i guess suffered from depression and killed himself right and uh so that's, so that's why there's all these weird kind of flash cut um, dreams and flashbacks and stuff like that, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe they had shot more of that, and that was some of the stuff that was cut out. It could be this film was kind of chopped up to pieces, like a lot, yeah, um, brutally, and, <laughs> yeah. And then for a while, you could see a version that was fairly similar to the original cut on TV, mm-hmm. um, but the ending was different. And then they released the Blu-ray, and for some reason, the Blu-ray still has the chopped-up version on it. So the version that everyone has seen, for the most part, is the really you know edited version. And I don't fully mm-hmm. understand why they didn't release like the actual, like the full cut on the Blu-ray. But yeah, um, yeah, because it was definitely completely cut together. Because I think there was a test screening that didn't go that well, and so they tried to cut it down and. Um, the movie now is, without the credits, it clocks in at about 78 minutes, which is wow. ridiculous. Like, yeah, that is yeah. super, super, super short. So I think they could have maybe 
given a few of those extra scenes, uh, they could have maybe put them back in. It just, it's so short. It's insanely short. The Blu-ray does include a lot of the deleted scenes. And, you know, folks, if you want to go seek it out online, someone has sort of reconstructed the film to some degree using these deleted scenes as like a fan edit thing. But uh, it's out there online. We're not going to tell you where to find it because we're not like promoting piracy here or whatever. But like if you want to seek it out there, are curious, um, it's out there. And... Yeah, I, I I had seen like the TV cut, and I know you had too. So I, it's mm-hmm. like it it was a better film. That said, it I still think really is. Yeah, there's still a lot of good things here, but um, you get a lot more character development in mm-hmm. the other cut, and a lot of these little scenes, especially later on, that just feel really short in this cut, mm-hmm. are extended, and you get more development there. Um, but yeah, uh, but anyway, then you get into this great like high school cafeteria introduction scene, mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorite yeah. parts of the movie. So that's great. Um, yeah, you've got the uh, motorheads and yeah. the micro geeks and the sk- skaters, and then the blue ribbons. And then he's like, you know, that's it. Lesson over. Class class dismembered. Welcome to Cradle Bay High, Stevie Boy. Welcome to my nightmare. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, oh, kind of forced line there. Yeah, so. <laughs> but goofy. then we meet Rachel slash Katie Holmes, who is oh cool. we do. Who gets the best introduction in probably film history yeah. uh, by dancing in the back of a uh, truck? It's it's a little cringy, but I love it. Yeah, they refer to her as a bona fide jitterbug, which I don't know what that means. I'm like, <laughs> is that like something from the 1920s? Like, oh, yeah. she's a regular bona fide jitterbug. Yeah, they're bringing it back, and um, she can I... really shake a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Like what is this? <laughs> Stay away from that jazz and liquor. It'll it'll get you. Yeah, <laughs> she's the cat's pajamas. <laughs> like what is like? So now he's also Shakespearean and an old man from the 1920s. I, yeah, it's like yeah, Gavin, come on. There's definitely questions about this character. And take a shower. Mm-hmm. Take <laughs> take oh a my fucking God. shower. <laughs> it looks so greasy. <laughs> Yeah, and in general, Katie Holmes does not get enough to do in this film, but I do no. appreciate that she's kind of shedding her nice girl persona from Dawson's Creek because in that show, yeah. she's mostly this kind of sweet but sassy uh, Joey Porter. Um, and every, honestly, everyone is kind of sassy on that show, but her in particular. Mm-hmm. Whereas here she gets some kind of cool, grungy, alternative vibe. So I, I do appreciate that. And um, <laughs> Well, I do love that you can tell that Steve and Rachel are into one another because they both... They both just go, hey, like that's all it is. It's just, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there, there's the sexual chemistry. It's coming out, right? Like, is that all? Is that all it takes? I mean, yeah, yeah. Really, these teen movies confused me so much once I became an adult because I was like, right. that's yeah. all it's gonna take. It's like I can just walk up to someone and just and just be like, hey, and they'll be like, hey want to fuck and it's like that's not how it works it's not no, how it works no 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 I'm like damn it yeah it it presents this sort of heightened reality that is not true to life at all and as as a kid no. when you watch like you said you don't really realize that and you think oh is this how things are going to be and also is everyone yeah. going to look like they're like in their late 20s when they're like 15 like oh nope, my god okay. first of all has it Anyone in the history of the world that has gone to a high school ever looked like James Marsden? Oh, God. He is so attractive. The man is insane looking. Like, he is – he has the single most perfect face. Yeah. There's not a bad angle, no Mm -hmm. trace of acne, nothing. He he is a 
a perfect specimen of yeah. humanity. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I, no one looked like that. I think that is partly why Hollywood has struggled with him because yeah. he is almost too perfect, you know? He is. He, he's like this walking Ken doll. And it's like, what do you do with that? But it's, then he's also like really funny he and is. he can sing like a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm like, he's amazing. how are you so perfect, James I Marston? know, I know. When you get to season <laughs> six, I think, of 30 Rock, he comes in and it's great as oh, well. Oh, so yes. Great. I yeah, love he's... him. I, I just, I find him very likable. He's very yeah. charming. Right. Because you look at someone like that and you're like, oh, that person's not going to have much yeah. of a personality because they're so yeah. attractive. And usually people like, like that are just very, like, one note. Exactly. But, like, he can do a lot of things. And even on the commentary, they were like, oh, yeah, he was a joy to work with. And I'm like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there was still some, like, was. decent, like, attractive people out <laughs> there. It's like, does he know how attractive he is? Like, right, is he right. one of those that that's like, I'm not attractive. I'm goofy. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not. No, no, you're not. No, you don't get to be both. Oh, you're like a sculpture. Yeah, what are you talking about? Because oh my god, his his career is just like never really blown up the way that it should. You know, after this, he and got like should. he got X Men, which gave mm-hmm. him like a moment to be something. But then that character never really took off uh, Cyclops right. and then what else was it he was in like Enchanted which was fun so that was oh, a fun was one so for him to like play he with was the, so funny. the role yeah. he, was, he, he was actually probably one of the best parts of that movie he and re- re- really was yeah. him and like Susan Sarandon as this like oh come on yeah. which character whichever um, and then Hairspray like you said which he was oh, great yeah. in that but great in that too yeah and it's like his career just is not he did get to play anyone who's watched Dead to Me. I haven't watched the second season, but the first season I haven't either. was kind of a different character in that. It was he wasn't the nice guy, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. He was kind of a villain. The entire time I was watching this, I was like, I need to start Dead to Me season two. Yeah. Because I was yeah. like, James Marston. Right. It's connecting. Yeah. 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 So maybe maybe we'll do a bonus episode on that. Probably not, because <laughs> who has yeah, the time? That would be a lot to cover. <laughs> right. Um, Right. Oh, but I would like to say that this is also when we learn that um, Rachel has a very interesting uh, slang phrase, uh, uh-huh. razor. She thinks everything is razor, <laughs> um, which I guess is kind of like trying to become like a sort of a Heathers-esque, like, you know, fuck me gently with a chainsaw thing. I don't know. But I like it. And when I first watched this, I'm ashamed to ed- admit, I tried to make that phrase happen. <laughs> I did. Oh, I no. was like in middle school and I was like, you guys should come to my birthday. It's going to be Razor. And they'd oh, be like, no. what are you talking about? Oh. I'm like, you just don't get it. You haven't seen disturbing behavior. Oh. You're not evolved. Like, it was bad. It yeah, was that, really was, bad. that was a thing with these movies. They were constantly trying to like create uh, like new language and it was like they do and none of them are quite as good as 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 good as heathers like no she she also has that line that's like fail to be a tumor gavin like that's kind of a heathers thing you know pretty ridiculous there's a few lines in this that are that are pretty uh interesting i mean it's just like the slang and it's hysterical yeah yeah and never been kissed did that as well a lot with uh rufus 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 yeah <laughs> it'll be totally rufus yeah oh even, man well, even, even mean girls you know with fetch like stop trying to make fetch yeah. happen but like with that they were kind of like making fun of that trend almost because it was like, like stop were, trying to make yeah. it happen you know yeah and i still wish that some some of these words would happen i know I think they need to i know, I know. it's what I the know. world needs now we're, it's, we're, it's 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 not love sweet love it's no. razor that's razor. what it needs we're gonna make razor happen yeah mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm going to start the Twitter campaign right now. Yes. Hashtag make Razor happen. It's it's going to happen. <laughs> Although I don't know if that's the best message to be sending out in this era. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, whoopsie. <laughs> whoopsie um, doopsie. That's okay. We'll, we'll rethink oh. the tagline, but it'll be fine. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we made a boo-boo. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, oh no. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it does kind of oh, work with no. this movie because the movie is such a like, yeah. ooh, harsh and straight edge yeah. and we're so like emo and that's interesting. And I love it. Actually, I will say like the first like 25 to 30 minutes of this film are really solid. Like I don't have a lot of I think so complaints. too. Um, I think yeah. it sets up that small community really well. It introduces the characters in fun ways. It gives us some great, like, paranoia vibes and foreshadowing. I think where it starts to go off the rails is in that grocery store scene where... Oh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wrote down, this scene is <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's absurd. <laughs> he throws the guy across the entire gro- grocery store, pulls out the, <laughs> the, no- the nose ring, yeah. and this guy stands up and... Ch- just goes, you blue ribbon shithead! <laughs> this movie just goes from like zero to ten in like no time. And the worst part is the reaction to all this because they're all just kind of yeah. like, oh, I guess he was just having a bad day afterwards. You yeah. know, like nobody like, does what? this. What? It's the like hell? He has superhuman strength. Are you not noticing this? Yeah. Like, oh my god, there is something wrong with this kid. Yeah, yeah. But he just, he just it is absurd. It's, ugh. And so you lose a lot of that, like, slow burn paranoia that the previous scenes have been setting up. But it's like, and I guess we should have expected it because the first scene, again, with the, like, like, uh, with the neck snap. But then it's just like, man, I, it, it, and I think it just kind of gets crazy from there on out. You know, you got. It does. Yeah. Because then after that, suddenly we get all these, like, random boiler room scenes that I'm always Mm -hmm. just like, what the hell? And this character. Are they allowed to be in there? Yeah. it's, It's, it's weird. This Mr. Newberry character, who they describe as Boo Radley Village idiot, meets Quasimodo. And I'm like, why is this character like, in this film? I don't I'm get like, it. Was that a line from the script that they just forgot? Like, I, it doesn't sound like something someone would actually say. It's like, a, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll give the character this. It, it's very well played by William Sadler, who is one of the best character actors that we have. True. Um, but it is a very weird character because you're like, what? What's his backstory? And I, yeah. I almost want want to say there was some maybe in a cut scene, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, I keep re- trying to remember because the last time I saw the sort of semi director's cut was on, I think it was USA as like the network television premiere thing, which was like 2001 or two. Yeah, because I all they really remember. say in the film is that he. You know, he's putting this on as sort of a a, a, a facade because he just wants yeah. to be left alone. And it's like, aren't there right. easier ways to be left alone yeah. than, like, like pretending to be special needs or, like, you know, on the spectrum? Don't take a shower, like, yeah. Gavin. I mean, that seemed to work. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's getting into some weird territory there. It's like you're pretending to be someone with special needs on the spectrum <laughs> just so you can be left alone? Like, I... Uh, if I had a dime every yeah. time I t- tried that, I uh, mean. It's a, it's, it's a odd <laughs> choice there um so weird he it's so bizarre yeah and then 
the the scene in the diner after that with like Steve and the blue ribbons, um, it's very like shark bait in the water where they're like inviting oh, yeah. him over to the table and there's that kind of Regina George-esque, so you agree, you think you're really pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fun. And I, okay, I will give Gavin this when he says the yogurt shoppy. I do hate that. I hate when people spell shop like shoppy. I think it's yeah. so annoying. Yeah. I'm like that is so pretentious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. And then they go like break into the school, which I, I don't remember why, but they, they go spy on this like PTA meeting. I guess that's why they were going to go that's watch right. that yeah. meeting. And, yeah. <laughs> The way that they describe Gavin is, ugh, ugh. it's like parents feel this candidate is depressed, <laughs> spending far too much time listening to rock music and masturbating. And masturbating. <laughs> I'm like, well, that was my teen years. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, well, right. I guess okay. I should become a blue ribbon. Okay. Yeah, apparently the candidate yeah. is a C minus student, but has A plus potential. And I'm like, just gag me with a spoon right now. I can't. Uh. I'm like, stop describing me, mom. Right. <laughs> like, this is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I do think his acting is good in the scene right after that where they're kind of at the beach. I think so, too. And yeah. he's like – because he's really, like, afraid for his life here and nobody is taking him seriously yeah. at all. And he – It's he, like, really has this, sad. Yeah. He has his gun, but, like, clearly he has no idea to probably have it, how to even use it. And he's just like mm-hmm. – his parents have disowned him essentially and it's like – Yeah. It's it's scary. Um, it's really scary. It's a very, very sad scene. I, I, yeah. I, I think this kind of does touch into probably what we'll cover with – a lot of these films is that there is an inherent sadness to pretty much all of these films. I mean, yeah. there's just yeah. the i the idea of of sort of feeling like you're not good enough and you and you need to be perfect and and change to sort of like suit this ridiculous, outdated notion of what the perfect kid should should be. Like that's sure. that's really sad. Yeah, and I think some people on the outside of that when they look at us or you know anyone any anyone's considered an outsider like they see oh that person is just having so much fun they're living their life and Mm -hmm. like and they become kind of jealous of that but at the same time it is not easy to like make these choices you know to be Mm -hmm. an outsider and like a nonconformist. and sometimes yeah it would be easier just to kind of give in and i think that's kind of what's going on with this this character this gavin character Mm -hmm. too where like he has spent so long trying to convince people that this like mass conspiracy is happening and they're trying to take over that I think to some degree, he's just kind of like, I can't fight this anymore. Like I have tried so hard to fight this, but I can't do it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think when you get to that point, there's really only like two options. You can either just give into it and like he does and become sort of part of the, that normal crowd or, you know, there's something more extreme, you know, of course, with like self-harm and, you know, potentially mm-hmm. even like suicide, which is you know, extremely mm-hmm. sad, but it happens. And especially as yeah. a third person, like, mm-hmm. and uh, so that I think that's, yeah, like you said, that why scenes like that are so affecting because they are yeah. relatable to a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's I think this movie, if they would have been able to take the time to mm-hmm. really flesh this out, which I think they had intended, um, I think this would be a very powerful film. There's there's moments that are, that come so close to really almost hitting that sort of Stepford Wife vibe. Right. It, it's interesting that this film came out the same year as The Faculty in 1998. And The Faculty has kind of overshadowed this film to a large degree, which I get. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because I love The Faculty, but at the same yeah. time, like they are kind of different films in terms of 
like one of them is dealing with aliens and the other one is dealing again with yeah. like parents and like right. real people like trying to corrupt yeah. yeah i feel like disturbing behavior is probably a more realistic film i yeah. i think i think yeah. the faculty is just you know the faculty never gets particularly deep if we're no. going to be frank it's no, just pure true. fun from the first frame and yeah. But this movie's trying to say something, and and so you got to give it some props. Yeah, I agree. And I think you know, I know you don't really like Gavin much as character, but I think when he leaves the film, I actually think is when the film kind of starts to go downhill, at least for me. Like because I think they had spent so long having this character sort of being this sort of uh, I don't know linchpin of the film. Like he's the first character mm-hmm. you meet. That's true. And now to suddenly not have him there anymore. On the one hand, it's kind of nice not having him there to give like the snarky comments, like he said. But at the same time, like he had been worked into the film for so long that it it really Mm -hmm. transforms into a different film. And I I don't know. I I I like James Marsden's character in this, but like he doesn't do a whole lot. And the same with Katie Holmes's character. So it's like you get rid of the one character who was actually like kind of like I don't know providing some commentary and doing some like it would be kind of like killing off Randy like halfway through scream you know it i, I don't yeah. know yeah i mean it it's i didn't mind him being gone i mean he's not really gone i true, mean his, true. his his spirit is technically gone but mm-hmm. um i i think because he's been so well established as being kind of the the only real voice of reason and they have tried to develop a a, a somewhat realistic friendship between the other characters and him i you do sort of still feel that loss though yeah so it still works for me because then i feel like the rest of the film is about them trying to in in some ways kind of sort of seek revenge for him in a way that makes sense kind of yeah you know so it's Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of like his presence is still sort of there throughout but it's just in a kind of a different form yeah yeah that makes sense if they had handled that a little bit better in the second half, I think I would yeah. be more, uh, even more on board with that. But things get so insane in the second half of the movie. Like, I don't even know yeah. where to even start. Like, it like, starts it's to like, escalate. Yeah, it's like every time I watch this movie, I feel like I remember the first half more than the second half because the second half is just so all over the place. Like, yeah, I don't it's, know. it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, because pretty much at this point now, it's obvious that Gavin has transformed um, he finally took a shower, which is the one plus, I, I would say. Um, and he looks good now. He does. Um, he does. But he's also a complete fucking douche, like yeah. the rest of the blue ribbons. And uh, he punches out Steve and all this crap. And um, then it becomes obvious that Steve is probably next on their list. And there's a moment that is for some reason the one scene that I always remember the most, which is the scene where he comes back back home and the character, I think her name is Lorna, is there um, because she's mm-hmm. tutoring his sister. And for some reason, she gets kind of aroused, you know, well, I mean, mm-hmm. well, because it's James Mars. And, right. And, Who um, right? and she has a bit of an overheating i guess and uh (laughs) it's all like hey these are my boobs you you want to have sex and he's like no and she's like oh i've been so bad and then she just slams her face into a fucking mirror and and then 
attacks him with like a huge shard of glass. Right. And this is when we discover that Dr. Caldecott, who I guess is like he's like a social worker at the school too mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. and he goes and repairs her and that's when we discover that he's like put chips into their heads or something. I don't I it's it's never really quite clear. Yeah. This is very Stepford Wives 2004 where Unfortunately, you know, with, yeah, with, it's with more the two with the chips. Uh Yeah. <laughs> it's it, more the 2004. But I do like that scene like you mentioned just because it's so mm-hmm. bizarre and I think it does call yeah. back again to the original Stepford Wives because there mm-hmm. are a lot of things like that where it's just like this uh, some there's some uh catalyst for this to happen. Yeah. some emotional sort of trauma that comes up and when it does like the shit just hits the fan and the, mm-hmm. like the character just goes like nuts um whether it be yeah yeah yeah, yeah whether it be like in this situation or like Stafford wives Stafford wives is a little bit different but and i won't spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen that but um although yeah, we might talk about it later we'll see uh we might we might spoiler alert <laughs> yeah I, I think that scene is so strange but at the same time incredibly relatable because like you said James Marsden, so, so, so smoking hot. And I mm. think I would go crazy too if I got that close to him. <laughs> totally. I'd be like, this doesn't feel right. I am going to explode from right. the inside. Right. Yeah. yeah. I totally get it. And we also find out that along with this chip, their violent impulses are triggered by stimulation to the pineal gland, which, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Um, so I guess so. Is, so, like, is this supposed to be something to try to prevent them from having sex? It could be. Because it seems like the way they get triggered is when there's some sort of sexual impulse. Right. The way he describes it is "Hmm." um, every time one of these kids gets a hard on, they beat somebody with it. Which, that line, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) That did make me laugh. (laughs) Like, literally beat someone with their hard on? Like, I just have questions about that. Caligot's got jokes. Yeah, yeah, he got jokes for days. Some really gay jokes, but it's fine. (laughs) Of course, well. (laughs) The best kind, really. (laughs) Really? And then one more thing with that, we find out that loud frequencies disturb the chip, which, okay, I guess, why not? Yeah, uh, we discover that because of uh, Mr. Newberry's, uh, it's like a boom box, but yeah. for rats, I don't know what that thing, it, it, it looks like a boom box. I'm not sure yeah. if it actually is one, Yeah. but it's like he turns it on to, to scare the rats, but it doesn't work for them, but he finds out it does work for the kids that have been turned right um which i don't know if you could imagine that that might come into play later in the finale but, i know uh, <laughs> chekhov's boombox right yeah, yeah that's chekhov's yeah. boombox which might need to be the name of this episode i, I think know. it might it might <laughs> chekhov's boombox jesus we got jokes too we, y'all we got uh, <laughs> So this character only exists to kind of show back up it, when the shit really hits the fan. Um, and uh, and then, like, yeah, what else happens? It's like then um, Rachel does some research and discovers that Dr. Caldecott used to work at a mental hospital. Right. And so they get on the ferry to this hospital and <laughs> it's like this hospital. This 
hospital is like it's like a fucking jump scare machine. It's like <laughs> it, really is. it is literally oh an, attra- an attraction at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, it's like, it is. It is. It's like they, they'll they'll just walk up to a window and like a patient will just be like, <laughs> and then there's like some random guy in the bathroom who's just bleeding everywhere for no apparent reason. It yeah. is a haunted hayride. It, it what is. is this? It is. It like, is I absurd. don't see how this is a functioning mental hospital. It makes right. no sense. And this is where we learn that the good doctor has been experimenting on his own daughter. And he feels no what? guilt about this, by the way. No, It's just kind of like, oh, oh, well, she was a failure of an experiment type thing. It's like, yeah, this oh, character shit. is such a, like... He's pure evil. Pure evil, like James Moriarty, like comic <laughs> comic villain. Like it's Awful. absurd. And oh my god, that that it. monologue that he gets at the very end. Oh boy. Is, oh, where it's like there'll be there'll always be other towns and other troubled teens and other worried oh parents. God. I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, who it's are like, you? you know, eventually, this is gonna catch on, dude. Like yeah. they're gonna be like, what's going on here? Like, did, this did you minor forever. in melodrama in medical school? That's what I want to know. <laughs> He's it's, also an accomplished absurd. Shakespearean actor. He yes. is. Yes, yes, yes. Mr. I think, Caldecott. I think whoever was writing this film was, like, trying to... Scott Rosenberg, whatever. Like, again, trying to make this very, like, Shakespearean at times. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't... I, it doesn't quite work, but, like, I kind of appreciate yeah, the effort. I get but, it. Uh, uh, and, yeah. Get it, uh, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, in the end here, like, there's a couple really brief scenes that almost should not have been there altogether if they were because they cut him to shreds and i remember seeing the extended version of these scenes and they were better like there's one where steve is talking to his sister about like everything that's going on and i guess they needed it because they needed they needed the sister to come back at the end so they needed to establish Mm -hmm. that she was in danger so she had a reason Mm -hmm. to leave as well um but it's so short and it nothing happens in this scene and the same thing happens later well yeah something does (laughs) when all of a sudden the blue ribbons just drive right right by and they're playing like music in their car oh yeah like, yeah it's just like the most bland like la 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 it's like <laughs> it's like the most bland <laughs> music and that made me laugh so i'm yeah. glad that scene's still there yeah yeah that was that, it tickled me that was I, I do like the the music choices in this moment i kind of yeah. get into that i'll get into that in a second i think but uh and then there's another scene with steve and rachel on the um ferry and it's oh, a, yeah. it's a it's a pretty good little scene, but again, it's too damn short. Where like it's he's talking short, about yeah. like his brother and mm-hmm. how a lot of this is bringing all that back up again. But it, again, it, it doesn't go anywhere, and then she doesn't really no. get anything to do, and it's just like I need more. You know, it's yeah. It, it, that scene I definitely recall being super chopped up. That's mm-hmm. one where I think it was like a four or five minute scene, and now yeah. it's like maybe two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just. Ugh. Yeah, that's that. That's just a damn shame. It is, and I think the most pointless scene in this movie is where they get that video from Gavin, which again is very. Oh yeah, w- what is that about? It, it's it's very Randy from Scream Three, which came out after this. Mm-hmm. You know where he, yeah. he sends the video, but it's just like it doesn't really give them any information that they don't already know or they couldn't no. gather on themselves. So it's like it doesn't. Why does it even need to be here? You know? Yeah, it's just like it seemed like they were just like, hey. We need we need something here to show the kids that we know what technology is. Let's yeah. have them leave a video, one of those newfangled computer videos. Yeah, where he's just like, if you guys are watching this, I've been turned. Yeah, but yeah. don't worry, like 
you're gonna make it. I'm like, who cares? This is right. useless. Right. He's like, oh, there's this like mass conspiracy, and like, yeah, they know. Like everyone knows. Yeah. It's so fucking obvious at this point. That they, you know, it it's doesn't. Like, yeah, it's like there's something crazy going on here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. we've surmised that. Yes. And Thank it's the exact same issue I have with Scream Three when they do that. It's like it doesn't give them any there's information no that they don't already know. It's like they just wanted no. an excuse with that one to like bring Randy back for a minute. Which okay, cool. Yeah. Like I like Randy, but like it didn't need to be there. It doesn't give you. No. Although I do like that his sister is played by uh, what's her name um heather marzarazzo yes i i do yes. like her as an actor she's fun um, she deserved more i think she should be the killer in scream 5 oh, that's, that, that's that <laughs> i want kirby and her and uh i don't know those are the main ones but yeah i mean we didn't see kirby die she was just stabbed no no no, no. i, I yeah, think they she kind could of still live let that open a little bit we'll see i mean if dewey's still alive come on I think yeah. Kirby can survive. That's ridiculous. God, he, he wasn't he. He was like stabbed at one point, and then like a severed nerve. So that's why he has like the limp. Yeah. But doesn't it go away at one point? <laughs> it's like what yeah. the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Ugh. Those characters <laughs> had just been put through so much hell that I'm like. <laughs> and somebody I heard said that there might not even be a scream mask or whatever, and it would be more just like a noir what? thing, which could be interesting because, huh. but then you could get like a Friday 13th part five, I think, but, but then I feel like you would get like a huge blowback from people like, where's the ghost face? Where's the ghost face? You know? So see, I'd be into that. If it was just like Dewey, Sydney and Gail, just like solving random crimes now. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. like they're just a team now. So it's like every film is a different crime. Yeah. That, see, that's how you could actually build a franchise. You know, in this, in the same way that Halloween Three was smart to go in that direction because yeah. they could actually con- continue it in a interesting way, right? But you know, once again, the fucking fans—you always get the gotta get all pissy, yeah. yeah so yeah, damn right. it, so I just can't I, win. I don't know what they're gonna do here, but we'll that's see. the real disturbing behavior. That is if, hashtag if you're gonna disturbing ask me. behavior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think. Could do like a whole episode about like talking about scream things but uh, maybe we will oh, God, at some yeah. point a mini so but yeah Why not but yeah not. I, it was strange to me that they did this whole video thing again and then they decided to bring it back for scream 3 because it's like it didn't really work in disturbing behavior so why are we it doing didn't. it now um it's like have you learned nothing from disturbing behavior <laughs> i mean come on guys it's ridiculous yeah and then like you said there's a lot of crazy shit in that asylum and then we get like the climax yeah. where all the kids, I guess, jump on this car and go. Yeah. To, that's kind of dark because all of them die. Like, it's darker they than. They do all die. Yeah. It's darker than the faculty where, like, well, we'll get into the faculty, but, like, it's a darker ending yeah. than that one is. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. I, I, I understand where they were going with the original ending of the film uh-huh. where Gavin survives that whole, you know, thing. And then he comes onto the ferry and there's, like, a confrontation and I think he gets shot. And as he's dying, he kind of comes back to normal a bit. And so it's kind of like this almost kind of moving ending. But I actually don't hate the theatrical ending. But I just like that now Gavin is Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous (laughs) Dangerous Minds. Minds. Yeah. I like that. I would see that movie. Yeah. It's kind of a Twilight Zone-y like ending where yeah. they leave things open and mm-hmm. x files and it, yeah. it works i think for this style in general um it's yeah. it, and it does like you said leave open a sequel 
it, it begs the question, like, did the doctor then, like, implant memories of, like, himself into Gavin? Is that why he can suddenly do the science hmm. that the doctor could do? That would be kind of interesting, too. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if they thought there was going to be a sequel here or they just did it yeah, just in case it did take off. Um, I think they just assumed back in the day that every teen horror film was going to have a sequel and uh you gotta have a sequel (laughs) yeah and and unfortunately uh you know did we need a sequel to urban legend probably not we um we did not need the one that we got either (laughs) we really didn't um which i would be interested in rewatching at some point that might be interesting it's been a while um and uh you know like uh, it's just it's that was a weird time it seems like like you said a lot of these films were kind of trying to potentially at least leave the door open for a sequel but uh, mm-hmm. not many of them i think really demanded <laughs> that kind of treatment and this period no. was like pretty short-lived like we said and it I, was I, again I, I i wonder if again this is like a very if thing like a if we if columbine hadn't happened but of course if columbine hadn't happened it would have happened somewhere else as we've learned over the past mm-hmm. 20 years because how many yeah. shootings have we had since then but so i think that killed it and i also think that 9-11 had a, just a huge shift in pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. But I, I do kind of wonder, like, would this style have gone on a little bit longer? I think eventually it would have run its course not too much yeah. later than this. Um, we did get a couple later on that were kind of in this vibe with, like, uh, House of Wax has a little bit of this vibe, although it's, like, we talked about this one. It's a little more serious still, and but mm-hmm. also really wacky with, like, the setup and, and, um, and like, Cursed is just its own thing. Like, it does have kind of this vibe, but, like, it was just cut to it pieces does. and yeah i could i could have seen that coming out in like 1998 yeah I mean, that that it does feel like much more of a 90s film than yeah. like a when did that come out like 2005, 2005 or so, yeah something? and I th- it started filming like several years earlier so it was probably yeah. intent like intended to come out during this era and i think it would have been more <laughs> yeah. more like effective if it had but what are you gonna yeah, do yeah i think that movie actually did probably start to shoot in like 1998 actually yeah yeah probably <laughs> probably he t- actually okay kevin williams actually talks about this in the in the podcast episode so it's kind of interesting he said that like it eventually started out as like this like kind of jollo s thing with like this ballerina mm ballerina who what? nobody knows is actually like a a uh, a werewolf and the serial killer like hunts her down not knowing that she's a werewolf and then the serial killer becomes a werewolf and what? the whole movie is like him as this like kind of supernatural slasher thing and i'm like i'm kind of intrigued by this um, and, and then somehow they remake that right and then somehow this transformed into cursed and it's just like i have no and pretty much the only connecting theme was that it was about like a werewolf and i'm like oh my gosh well and there's no such thing as safe sex with a werewolf yeah. as we've discovered yes, that is uh in the words of the infamous miss judy greer of mm-hmm. course, you know. <laughs> before she flips off the audience and <laughs> Oh god, that movie! She deserved an Oscar. We're gonna have to find an excuse to cover cover that. Maybe for our camp series or something. It's it's I I would be fine with that because it's so fun. It is. Yeah. Other than those, like, um, in this past decade, we've gotten a couple, but they haven't been true horror films. I guess that would be my like. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. stuff like Happy Death Day and The Final Girls and Tragedy Girls. Yeah, like they're they're more more comedy. Yeah, more dark comedies kind of masquerading Mm -hmm. as horror films, which is okay because I still love them, but like when people talk about them like, oh, these are like some of the best horror films, like, were they horror films? Yeah, I see them more dark comedy. Yeah, they lean on a lot of the tropes from the horror, but like, it's more just kind of window dressing for other things, especially with the the Final Girls, it's really like a really like affecting like family drama. It makes me heave like a 
baby. And uh, uh, Happy Death Day 2 uh, has a sim- similar thing, you know, and I was like, my God, these are getting so deep now. That, <laughs> like, that one, like, like, man, I had such mixed feelings about that because I, I think they were definitely affecting things, but I, I wish it had hadn't completely like dropped the horror elements you know it was almost more yeah. like a sci-fi comedy at that point and i was like okay that's fine it was um, yeah uh but yeah the, it's like we haven't had really any of these like 90s style slashers for a long time that i can think of no, anyway that are really no. in this style I, um, I wonder if it's something that could maybe make a comeback at some point i think know? so yeah just... they are trying to do all these reboots but again who knows yeah. with reboots they could they could be like just the same theme but a completely different style like who knows how yeah who knows again we could we could do a whole episode about scream we could do a whole like series about scream uh, I, I feel like most gays could because it's just it's again it's such a oh, formative yeah. film to who we are especially like it millennial is ingrained gays. yeah yeah um but yeah i don't even know where we left off with disturbing behavior here but yeah it, it's uh, uh all the kids died all the kids uh, died and- <laughs> yeah what more do you say um and, um yeah, and I, I, I guess we already kind of covered the characters. We kind of hit the characters, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Some artistry things. Yeah, um, anything on here? I um, like that it's kind of like foggy and rainy. I yeah, like that. Me too. Me too. Um, I, I like the song, the um, the the Gotcha Where I Want You song. Yeah, I, I really like the, the soundtrack of this in general because I think, yeah, again with it being set in Washington, it really taps into that kind of Seattle grunge feel throughout, which is oh, pretty yeah, okay. cool. And I thought I that can was. See that apropos for this kind of period there's a lot mm-hmm. of kind of post-grunge alternative stuff in the soundtrack and i on this on the commentary at least the part that i watched he said basically they gave him like a mix of songs like from the studio and said you need to work these movie the songs into this wow. film <laughs> which is so, so that's how that works it's so indicative of like the period that we're talking about here because it was very heavily oh, like God. consumerism and like everything yeah. was linked with like the tower record stuff and yeah that is when every slasher had a soundtrack yes because yeah. i had them all yeah I had every single one, and mm-hmm. some of them were pretty rocking. They I were, admit. they were, they were not bad. This one's pretty solid. I, I think it's the good. the most random moment in this is where they're running from the um, asylum, and then oh, and they have the song, yeah, the 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 uh, Harvey Dane, yeah, 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 yeah. Harvey uh, Danger's uh, flagpole set. It just comes on. It's like I, I, okay, like it just comes out of nowhere, hits you in the face. Like which I think they could was like, also in the trailer, if I recall. That's, I think so. That was the first time I heard it. You know that they did. Um, they filmed an entire music video for this that I found on YouTube. Like yes. not not the song, but like a, a different song. And we might have yeah. to post that because it's fun. That's the song. The the uh, the gotcha where I want you. Oh I yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. So now you say that. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Um, but yeah, th- there's a few bits in the film, like uh, when the character, I, th- I, I think his name is Dicky, uh, mm-hmm. when, when when he's first attacked. It kind of kills the tension because all of a sudden they show up and then there's like this random rock song. Yeah, I think that was another attempt on their part to for this film to like tap into the like teen movie vibe of like because with teen movies you always get like a lot of these songs in the background. Um, A little bit less so in the horror films, but like like you said, there were still moments where you get some of this, but this one definitely taps into that more and i think they intentionally picked like kind of some of this alternative grunge stuff because they were trying mm-hmm. to get kind of the outsiders to come see this yeah. i guess more even though it, i think so it's like you want as many people to see this as possible so it, it's always hard to like cater to like that with your marketing and mm-hmm. um and i think 
Yeah, I would agree. It does. It, the some of the songs definitely take me out of the movie a little bit. Uh, yeah, they're fun, and it's fun to have like the soundtrack and be like, "Oh, remember when that song was on the soundtrack and it was really fun to listen to?" And oh, it, it's my favorite song. Was it? Was it? I know. I still know what you did last summer that has like the uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt song on there. I think. Oh yeah. How do I deal with you? Yeah. <laughs> How do I deal with me? I'm like, I don't I know, girl. I don't know, it. but I relate. I relate. Oh my gosh. You know, hot take. I think that movie is kind of fun. Like the killer reveal is ridiculous, but so it is kind of fun. The karaoke Will scene. Benson, Benson. Oh, oh my god! On. And the karaoke scene is the most absurd thing oh. I've ever seen. It is just. It oh. is. I love that movie because I think Julie's actually a little more likable in that one. Yeah, I, and she I gets. Kinda, I I think she's got a little bit more to do. Yeah, she has some kind of know? like final girl PTSD stuff that I kind of like with that. Yeah. And it, it, I, it's underrated, I think. Um, and then Brandy, my God, she she goes through like a window, yeah. an attic, another window. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and she comes out at the end with like a little st- tiny scratch. <laughs> I'm like, damn, girl, you're like oh the Terminator. Gosh. I don't know. That I don't know how we can find a way to cover that film, but we should. Like underrated sequels to. or something. I don't know. We'll see. But That's yeah. a fun idea. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Yeah. That's a good idea. Any like revelations here? I mean, okay, I had one that was <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, the, the cafeteria fight scene mm-hmm. where like uh, with where the blue ribbons like after Gavin gets turned. Mm-hmm. James Marsh, <laughs> he just picks up his chair and just oh, yeah. whacks one of the blue ribbons in the, f- or I think somebody stops him halfway or something, but it's like, what was That's your right. goal here? You were going to kill somebody I with know. this. It they're just, like a cult. Like they're going to come up. after you. Oh. Yeah, um, I liked, uh, what was the, uh, I think it was in that same scene. Um, UV's t-shirt says, change yourself, not the channel. Ha. I was like, I like that. That's kind of cute. That's, I didn't even um, notice that. That's great. It's like, did you get that at Spencer's Gifts? Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, okay. So did you notice, because I did not until I read the trivia on the IMDb page, mm-hmm. um, that the two main uh, adults in the film are named Caldecott and Newberry, which are the names of Children's Book Awards. I did not mm. know that. Interesting. Layers. We've got layers. <laughs> We've got them. We've got someone did some homework so when they wrote this. They were trying to cater to both teenage outcasts and like middle-aged uh, children's <laughs> authors. <laughs> I, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But uh, it's clever. Interesting. It's very clever. Oh, I also thought, okay, so at the end when steve is trying to save rachel from that like weird like clockwork orange right. lasik machine altered um, states kind of it, thing it, yeah. yeah it's really weird <laughs> like i kind of thought it it would be cool if he saved her but she had already been turned and he didn't know it and then like in the car she, she like grabs him and like yeah. a- attacks him and shit yeah but I don't know. I just thought that might be it. That might have been like a fun little. That would have been interesting. Or like, all, even with them just like thing. them on the ferry at the end, and like maybe her yeah. eyes flickers. You know, something like yeah. fun like that. Like that would have been. And that could have been the setup for the sequel. They could have kept the original ending, mm-hmm. but put that in there. Yeah, yeah. At the end, and they could have had their cake and eaten it too. Right. Right. Oh my God! Mm. Why am I not in charge of MGM I... in 1998? Yeah. Because I was nine years old. That's why. <laughs> Let's hop in our time machine again, and we'll go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, make some suggestions here. Uh, yeah, it it 
uh, I, I don't even I don't have much else to say about this movie. You know, it's um, um, revelation wise, especially like it. Uh, we hit on a lot of what we were gonna, I think, talk about here. Um, oh, it does have a final boy, so kind of anyway. It does. So I kind of forgot it about does. that when we were talking about our final boys from last week. And that's right. I, I like James Marsden, and um, I do too. He hadn't quite. This is kind of he was still kind of twinky in this one, so I like really attractive, oh boy, was he? but like not oh. quite as like I don't know, I don't know like, what he looks like. What now. he looks like Ooh, now? Lord. Oh my gosh! Yes, Woo! it's like in this one. It's like okay, that's the thing with this movie. They try to downplay the fact that he's so attractive. I feel like you know they like yeah. they try to make him look like he's kind of this outlier, and it's like. I kind of buy it, but I don't buy it because he's so yeah. hot, regardless. I'm like, poor James Marsden. He has no friends because he's so pretty. <laughs> like, it's like, okay. Um. Uh, you know, final evaluations here. I really like this movie. I, I, that hasn't always been the case. I, I, I've been a little up and down with it. Not quite as much as, like, Sorority Row. I've always mm-hmm. liked this movie, but now I think I like it even more. I think part of it, I got a little bit into the X-Files last year. I'm not like a super fan, but I've seen like what people consider to be like some of the best episodes. So I'm like more kind of tuned into that vibe now and kind of what was going on with that. And I think this also has kind of a Body Snatchers 92 vibe to it. And it's, um, yeah. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like what, what are your thoughts on it? I feel the same way. I liked it when it first came out. I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is it's really pretty good. And yeah, yeah. all all things considered, especially how much it was cut, I'm surprised that it makes any sense whatsoever. At least it's still pretty fun. Yeah. And I I had a really good time with it. I, I agree with what you said, and I think that the first, like, one-third to, like, one-half of the film is really solid. It, I think it mm-hmm. succeeds in what a lot of it, what it was trying to accomplish. The second half gets kind of weird, and the editing kind of jumps around a lot, but um, I think the unedited version does fix uh, some of those issues, and I hope that mm-hmm. we someday get it on Blu-ray. It's a little strange, again, that they didn't release it, because it's out there, and yeah, I I, I I always find that really weird, because I would assume the elements have to be out there in some form. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, why wouldn't you try to find that and stick it on the Blu-ray, you know? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for the the fortieth anniversary, we'll you know get. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, these God, that's are... going to be depressing. God, it just, even just thinking about the fact like this movie is what like twenty two years old at this point. Twenty two. It's 22. that is yeah. so crazy. Oh, yeah. Old. Oh. Yeah, because I remember when the new Halloween was out, and yeah. I thought enough time has passed between H two O that passed between H two O and the original and that freaked me out that's true i was like wait i was like yeah. no that's not possible that that oh man that is so crazy what it's <laughs> like what the fuck that just blows and my then, mind you know in like another 20 years we're gonna get like jamie lee in her like walker and like rebooting the series again <laughs> it's just uh Jamie Lee will become the Betty White of her generation. Yes. And she will yes. just keep on working forever. And I yes. support that. I support that. Yeah. Um, I want to see her as a elderly Laurie Strode <laughs> in the nursing home. In the nursing home. home. Oh, my oh, God. My God. Yeah. That's actually brilliant. I would it really is. see that. I would see that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because oh. at that point, well, Michael would probably be dead by that point. Shit, because he's like. Well, he's like six years older than her. Maybe that's not that bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's still possible. Yeah. Plus he like, I, guess. I mean, with all the shit he's been through, like maybe he never ages. Who knows? Like, we don't yeah. know. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty good without the mask, yeah. all things considered. You yeah. know, I don't think he has an eye left, but that's yeah. that's cool. Oh, man, that franchise, I don't even... That's another one we could do a whole, like, episode on. It's just, uh... <laughs> yeah, on, like, each version and, like, timeline. Yeah. Oh, my God. I do think we should find time to do some, like, counter-programming Halloween H2O when the new one oh, comes yeah. out in October or whatever, because... Yeah. Uh, um, that movie needs to be appreciated. It needs some more. love, for sure. For sure. It does. So we'll see. But yeah, it was fun to go back to this era. and uh, Yeah, I, I liked it. That was fun. Yeah. I, I really miss this time period. A lot of things about it. Some things not as much, like the heavy yeah. consumerism uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like the vibe that they were going for. The 90s were really interesting in that like, it was really uncool to be sincere um, as opposed to oh, the, yeah. the 80s were a little bit more like sentimental and like mm-hmm. like again more sincere whereas the 90s were like let's take everything in pop culture and like deconstruct it a lot yeah uh, I think uh, we both enjoyed you know disturbing behavior so it was nice to go back to it Amen. and um, have some uh, little things and not so little things but that's okay because like, we talked about this before sometimes it's nice to go back to those kind of films and Mm-hmm. examine them i think really like digging into this one helped me appreciate it even more than i would have earlier same so, here because um, i do think it was trying to do a lot of cool things like you said with the kind of conformity angle even if it didn't totally work with the studio editing and maybe some of the writing wasn't up to par but like it had some good ideas and that can go a long yeah. way um, at least it tried to say something you know yeah i tend to be more relaxed on my views of movies if i feel like they're actually trying to do something interesting like they might not always hit them hit the mark but you know i'll take that any day over just well it's a bunch of kids and they're going to a cabin in the woods and there's a guy in a mask like that's not that's probably not going to do much for for me to be completely frank but same when at least they're trying to do something i've i've got to respect that yeah and the film kind of has kind of a gritty grungy feel compared to like some of the other films mm-hmm. from this era which is kind of cool because it it works with yeah. the kind of alternative themes that the movie is dealing with too with like and all the grunge Definitely. stuff and the washington setting mm-hmm. and so i i appreciate that it's a kind of i i think it is often compared unfavorably to the faculty but i think it's kind of its own beast and i don't think you can necessarily I mean, sure, you can draw comparisons because it, there are some, like, Scream era stuff going on here, too. But in general, I think it was trying to it, – it's more toward the X-Files than it is toward Scream, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – I like that it was kind of its own thing within this period that we're talking about. So it's cool. Yeah. Cool. Because at first I was like th- – that was my only hesitation with us covering this film. I'm like, well, do we want to cover this and the faculty? But then I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, but, but they're it, so different. They are. Really, they are very they're... different films. So – yeah. Um, which I guess that spoils the fact that we are going to cover the faculty very soon, folks. Oh, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> but, <laughs> surprise. I mean, I think we mentioned that in our last episode anyway, so uh, you can that's something to look out for. I know a lot of people love that movie. I really like the movie too, so it'll be – I adore it. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I have a feeling my feelings aren't going to change much. It has a but... perfect cast and it is – is a, a great Twinkie, Twinkie final boy, so it's going to be a good time. It's true. It's true, yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess we, I, I forgot about her. Uh, I guess let's close out our episode with our favorite segment, oh, yeah. The Overlooked Gems. Woo. Oh, I've never seen this one before. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, see, I think you started last time, so I'll, I think I'll start this time. Okay. Mine is Long Weekend from 1978, the original. Um, really solid. Uh, it's a great little Australian gem. 
kind of blend survival horror with some supernatural stuff. Uh, the two protagonists are really terrible people, but fortunately, <laughs> Mother Nature has some just comeuppance for them. So that's fun. Oh, girl. It has some kind of... Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, um, I've got that on Blu-ray, and I've never watched it. So it's really good. I might need to... I need to watch it's that this good. this week. And the final act in particular is just tense as fuck. Like I was just like clenching my butt the whole time. Um, wow. And the lead dude is either half naked or in like skimpy beach attire the whole movie. So that's fun as well. That's a win. It's good. It's got some like folk horror vibes and I I really like it. They did a, I guess, remake. Jamie Blanks. Uh, is Jamie Blanks or Jamie? Oh. Yeah. Did a remake a couple years ago. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's not as good, which no surprise there. But... The original is really great. So, yeah, mm. we're taking it out. Cool. Yeah, I need to see that then. Cool. Um, let me think. Uh, well, my recommendation this this week is that, is that actually one you talked about uh, earlier. Cool. Dead and Buried. Nice. Uh, which kind of reminded me of disturbing behavior a yes. bit at times. Yes. Uh, it's, it's about a, a small-town sheriff who starts to believe the people in his town are being killed and reanimated as murderous zombies Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a twist on the zombie genre um and i don't want to give away too much because there's a lot of surprises and twists and fun stuff but there's some great effects a lot of atmosphere and um and it's actually kind of scary at times too yeah um so i highly recommend it it's very interesting that's a great one it's got some really good town with the secret vibes i love it so yes, good. it's so good, and it's a coastal setting too, so that's really fun. Coastal, so, coastal horror, coastal horror, man. There needs to be more of it because it's really enjoyable. You can't beat it. You just can't. I we watched uh, Darkness Falls the other day, which whatever. <gasps> it's a it's a whatever. It's a terrible movie, but like I had so much fun with it, and it has a great like lighthouse and coastal setting. And I'm like, man, it this does. is partly why I love this movie because. I love the setting. It's great. Yeah. Isn't that also one that's like 70 minutes it's long? It's so fucking short. Something. It's so, like, it's you put really it on short. and it's over. And it's, it's, oh my gosh. It's like about as long as a Goosebumps episode. Yeah, I think. yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. really short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, we might, I don't know. We're never going to cover Darkest Falls, but it is a fun movie. It's worth checking out too if you haven't seen it in a while. Like, if you just need a like, mindless horror movie to put on, it's worth putting on. I might need to watch that again. It's been since I, that came out. That was what, like 2003? Yeah, maybe? something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anywho. Okay, uh, yeah. So this was fun. To, like I said, to go back to this era and revisit some of this, some of these films. And um, mm-hmm. I'm excited for the other movies we have planned for this month as well. It's going to be good. I am too. Like, a lot of goodies. A lot of, a lot goodies. of goodies. A lot of queer themes if you if you look below the surface a little bit which i know mm-hmm. during quarantine era sometimes nobody wants to like really read into anything like what nerds but no, it's worth doing no. and um, like i said especially for pride month there's a lot of good kind of queer subtext in these particular films so it's gonna be a good time yeah and we have some great queer guests coming on very soon so we that's do. gonna be great as well we definitely do yeah in the meantime, you know, you can follow us on Instagram at Homos on Haunted Hill. That's the best place. That's where we give you the best content. But you can also follow us mm-hmm. on Facebook and Twitter, which we need more likes on there. So feel free to <laughs> do it on there as well. And um, yeah, it, uh, like I said, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the month. It's going to be a good time. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, until next week. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>